Welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. Join my husband and his coaching friends from around the country as they explore the ins and outs of their profession. Big thanks to everyone who's contributed to making this podcast a huge success in its first year, reaching over 14 countries. Please continue to help the podcast grow by subscribing, leaving a five-star comment, and sharing it with your friends. Here you go, sweetie. I think you can take it from here. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to this week's episode. I've got a, a dear friend, um, former boss, the head coach at Jacksonville State, uh, Coach Rick Petrie. Now, now, Rick, in his 10th season at Jacksonville State, it's amazing that... Uh, that it's been that long already, uh, already the winningest coach in Jacksonville State history. Something I did not know, um, Coach Petrie is the second winningest coach in the state of Alabama behind Coach Joe Champy. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's high praise there for you, Coach. So uh, welcome to the episode, uh, Coach Rick Petrie. What's up, Coach? Good to be with you, T.C., yeah, this this is going to be fun. This is something I wanted uh, wanted to do for a long time, and uh, and I, and I know uh, and we'll mention you know prayers out to your pops. Uh, I know he's been battling that and and uh, you know battling some cancer, and and so uh, wanted to wait for the right time. And and this happens to be our debut episode for our second year of the podcast, and so I think this is a perfect slot for you, Coach. Uh, so uh, so so let's. Uh, let, let, let's chat a little bit. What you say? I'm I'm happy to do it, man. Happy to be with you. Um, you know, one of the things, Terry. You know, I, I, I'm I'm fortunate, and you mentioned this before, um, that I've been able to coach in the same state uh, for as long as I have. Um, you know, I, I spent 13 years as head coach in South Alabama, nine going into 10 as the head coach at Jacksonville State, and I also coached. Uh, I was a head coach at BC Rain High School and will be on the boys' side for, for four years. Uh, coached two years at St. Paul's in Mobile for, uh, as a head boys coach. Uh, and then I coached four years as an assistant at Spring Hill College. So I've been in the same state a long time. And, uh, and then in, in, the, in the public school retirement system uh, for the years I was in public school. Uh, and so not a lot of coaches get to, you know, get to full retirement benefit level. Uh, in our profession. It doesn't happen very often. So I'm fortunate to be in that uh, position right now and still adding years, but, uh, but, but nice to be in that position. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you mentioned your stint at USA, uh, 13 years there, uh, you know, one, one over 70% of your games uh, turned that program around. I was, I was blessed to, to spend three years with you there, had a, had a great time. And, and that's what actually moved me to Mobile. You know, I was, one of those nomadic coaches uh, bouncing around, and and uh, you, you know you brought me to Mobile 20 years ago, and and spent three fun years with you, and now 17 at UMS, right? And so, so yeah, you, you know, uh, I, I know exactly what you're saying as far as you know, kind of homesteading in, in a place uh, in our profession. Not a whole lot of people get to do that. No, they can't because you know typically. You know, most people get in this profession, most, not all, but to to advance. You know, most people in coaching want to at some point be a head coach, not all. There's some people who know that they're good assistants and want to stay in that lane and embrace it. And and that, look, it, it, it's a great thing being self-aware. It's a great thing knowing what your strength is and, and, and how you can most benefit whatever organization you're in, whether it be basketball or anything. 
Um, and so, but, but that being said, the great majority of us get in this business and then someday we want to call the shots ourselves. And so to do that, a lot of times you got to move because if you're assistant somewhere and your boss is successful, you know, and your boss isn't, you know, keen on leaving anytime soon. And if you want to be a head coach, you gotta, you gotta go somewhere else. And, and a lot of times that means relocating cities, counties, and sometimes states. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was very fortunate when, when I was ready to, to go back and, and be a head coach. Uh, I remember asking Chris Harris at the time, I, he and I was having this conversation and talked about, you know, what, what do you think about going back to high school or me going back to high school? And he said, T, he said, the biggest thing is if your ego can handle being told or being called a high school coach as opposed to a college coach, he goes, it's no different. And, and, and he's right, man, man, those, those losses kill you, you know, uh, regardless. The, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the same game. And, and so uh, it, it, it was right. And for me, it, it was a move because, because I, I think I, I'm, my temperament is I do like to, you know, call, call the timeouts and, and, and make the adjustments and plan the practices and things like that. And so, so it's, been, it's been a win for us. Uh, and, 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 and again, thankful for you to, to bring me to Mobile because Mobile's home now. I love this place. And we're just close enough to New Orleans that we can go back whenever we want. Uh, Coach Petrie, like myself, is a New Orleans boy, and we we share uh, our passion for the for the city of New Orleans and the Saints and the Pelicans and and uh, you know all of those things. And so uh, so yeah, good good stuff being in Mobile here, and and uh, excited for you and what you've been doing now at Jacksonville State for sure. Well, you know, we, we Terry again been here for 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 nine years and. And when I got here, the program was not in great shape. They had they, the previous year before my arrival, they were one in 27, uh, four and 25 the year before that. I, I inherited, I got hired in late June. Um, I inherited a, a roster of 11 players in late June, too late to really add anybody else. Um, uh, no seniors, five juniors. The five juniors had lived through five wins, 52 losses, two wins and 30 in conference play in the OBC, which is a conference Jacksonville State was in at the time. Uh, let me also say a lot of people don't realize Jacksonville State is in Alabama. Lots of people make a mistake, think we're in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. We're in we're Jacksonville, Alabama. We're halfway between Birmingham and Atlanta off of I-20 uh, near Anniston, uh, Alabama. Um, but, uh, 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 you know, so, so and, and we've had a nice run here. Um, uh, my, my, my first year here, we're 14 and 18 and went 8 and 8 in OVC. Coming off that 1-27 season, I was blessed enough to be named OVC coach of the year that year. The following year, we won 19. We beat Alabama at Alabama, which was the first time JSU women's basketball had won a power five game a game against a power five opponent on their home court. Um, uh, we won 19 games that year. Uh, since then, uh, you know, we've had a nice run really the last couple of years in particular. This past season, we're 24 and eight. We're in the A-Sun Conference temporarily. Uh, actually, after this coming season, we'll move up to CUSA. We'll be in Conference USA season after next. So we've been involved in all this conference uh, maneuvering uh, as our football program goes up to FBS from FCS. Um, so uh, at any rate, but we've got one more year in the A-Sun, but this year the A-Sun was split into two divisions. We won our division, the West Division. We won a West Division crown and uh, uh, and then lost in the uh, A-Sun championship game with Florida Gulf Coast. Anybody knows women's basketball, Florida Gulf Coast top 25 program. Uh, out of Fort Myers, Florida, and we lost in the championship game on their home floor, and they beat James Madison in the opening round of the NCAA tournament this year uh, before losing to Maryland in the second round. So, And we have eight of our top ten players back, uh, four of our uh, five starters back, 
and we've added some some pieces. So I think we have a chance to keep it rolling moving forward. So I'm excited about this coming year for us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You mentioned uh, you mentioned beating Alabama this year. You know, anytime you beat an SEC team, it, it's always a huge accomplishment, uh, particularly one in state. And if, if I recall right, uh, we we had a uh, win over Alabama when you was at uh, USA as well. So, uh, so so both schools you've been at, you've had the privilege of beating that in-state big dog. So that's good stuff there. That's true. When I was in South Alabama, we actually beat Alabama twice. Uh, um, so, you know, I take pride in that. And, and, you know, whenever you're at a school that's not in a power five, whenever you beat a power five, it's a big deal. You know, uh, in my time in South Alabama, we beat Oklahoma State. When, matter of fact, I believe it was the year we were together. We beat Oklahoma yes. State. Yes. Uh, we beat, uh, you know, uh, Mississippi State. We beat Mississippi State that, that season, too. Yep. And I had Tan White, who was a WNBA player. You know, uh, um, Alabama had an old, old Miss victory. Um, since, since I've been at JSU, we've, we've won, we beat Alabama at Alabama, we beat uh, Ole Miss at Ole Miss, I believe it was in 1819. So whenever you win those games, uh, and particularly, I'm not going to lie, when you get in the check and you win on top of getting the check, that, that's a nice feeling. So, um, uh, but, you know, it doesn't happen often, uh, Terry. Anybody who, who's in Division One who gets checks knows you don't often win those games. So when you do get to win one, it, it's a special feeling. Yeah, it does make it special, and, and and that's the reason they give those checks because they assume that they they won't win, uh, or, or, or or that they'll beat you. Uh, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I know that that one year we were together. I think we beat Oklahoma State. We beat Mississippi State. Uh, uh, we uh, beat Southern. Played Miss Vandy to overtime. Took Vandy to overtime. Vandy ended up being a Sweet Sixteen team that year. Correct. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, really, really good team. Uh, let's stay on Jacksonville State for a while. I, I know. You know, uh, as a as a high school coach now, I get I get in my tunnel vision and I'm in my own bubble. And then when the season ends, I try and reach out and find you guys and see where my friends are playing. And I, and I remember I got lucky enough to watch you guys in the uh, the semifinals of your conference tournament. And man, what an exciting win! I was able to 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 get to watch the the, the end of that. That was so exciting. And then then I was able to follow you into that next game. Uh, against Florida Gulf Coast. And, and and like you said, I remember texting you after, again, I think I gave you 24 hours or 48 hours after that. I remember messaging you. Florida Gulf Coast had a young lady that was legit. She was yes. really, really good. And, and, and that was a very, very good team. You're right about that. Sure. And she was actually the 11th player pick in the WNBA draft. And she's, she's stuck in place for Las, Las Vegas Aces right now. She's on the roster right now uh, and gets minutes. So, you know, so the, listen, and Carl Smesco is the coach of Florida Gulf Coast, and he's a great coach. He's not a good coach. He's a great coach. And he does a great job with the pieces that he has. And he had a heck of a piece in, in, uh, in that young lady. So, um, uh, yeah, so, so, so and, and, and of course, you know, they got, uh, he had some, pe some pieces uh, graduate, um, uh, but they'll still be really good. Liberty is the game. We played them in the semifinals. That's a, a program. Uh, Kerry Green coaches over there has been there for a long time, 20 something years. Uh, and, and Kerry, Coach Green does a great job. Uh, we, we were blessed enough. The way the ASUN uh, does our uh, conference tournament, it's, it's played on campus sites. So in the semifinals, we hosted Liberty because uh, we, we were 13 and three and won our division. They were 14 and two, finished second on the other side of the Florida Gulf Coast. So I bet he probably had some feelings about the fact that he had to travel, even though he had one game uh, a, a better record than we did. Uh, but um, and, and, and went down to the end. We ran a 
uh, uh, ran a sideline out of bounds, played with 3.3 seconds left uh, and got a layup uh, as the buzzer sounded. And uh, uh, the play made the Sports Center top 10. And um, uh, anybody wants to look at it, yeah, I'm not super active on Twitter in terms of posting. I, I, I look on Twitter a lot. You can go to my Twitter page at Coach Petrie and scroll down a little bit. You'll be able to see that uh, 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 sideline out of bounds play. But um, uh, fortunately, it's one of those things where um, it, it worked for us uh, exactly the way we drew, drew it up. They, they don't always work exactly the way you draw them up, as you know, <laughs> Terry. But that one did. Uh, and listen, the, the previous possession before that, we tried to run one to get the ball in as we had the lead, and we couldn't. So I, I wasn't too much of a genius on that one. You know, but uh, but everybody remembers the last one that got us the layup that sent us into uh, into the finals. And, and, and it was a great reaction from our home crowd. We had a great crowd for that game. And it was a great reaction. This is a great moment for our kids and for our program. It, it was very, very exciting sitting here on my couch, man. I was jumping up like uh, like, like I was at the game. Uh, and, and you're right. It's amazing how those players, they can make you look like geniuses sometime. And, and other times I, I, I remember it was either my. My 200th win or my 300th win, we won on an inbounds underneath play. And, Coach, when I'm telling you, it was the simplest play I've ever drawn up after a timeout. The simplest play ever. But we got the pass in, we made a bucket, and it looked like, you know, pe people acted like I drew it up, the, the, the most extravagant play in the history of basketball. But uh, it's crazy how that works. I'm telling you, you know, the one thing, you know, we did at shoot around that day because we hadn't rehearsed that play in a while. And I, 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 I sense the game may come down to, you know, women's basketball, collegiate women's basketball, we're able to advance the ball up the sideline under a minute to go when we call timeout, just like the NBA. Men's basketball doesn't get to do that. High school basketball doesn't get to do that. But after when, when, when again, we had the sideline of bounce play, got the turnover. Liberty scores to tie the game with 3.3 to go. We call timeout, advance it. And then we're able to put it on the side of the floor we want to put it on. And, and we were able to get that, that next one executed perfectly. But we did rehearse that one at shoot around that day and hadn't rehearsed that play in a while, thinking, you know, we might end up needing this. And so thankfully, when they when we came to the huddle, I said, okay, remember we worked on this morning at the shoot around? Okay, this is what we're doing, boom, boom, boom. And it, and it, it, it did. It, it fortunately worked out well for us. Now, so you can put the ball on either side of the court as well? That's exactly right. We're at the 28 foot line and we can we, we, we tell the official I want her on that side. I want her on this side. And so, yeah, we can orchestrate it in, in a way that high school coaches can't do that. And men's college coaches can't do that either. Cool. Cool. Well, so, coach, let's let's talk about this now. Um, so you're at Jacksonville State, um, as, as we talked about, you know, not a power five conference, but but, you know, those are the kind of teams you've got to beat. Uh, to to really kind of get over that hump. Also, those are the kind of teams you got to beat once you get to the NCAA tournament or you know NIT, whatever. You eventually got to play those big dogs. Let's talk a little bit about your philosophy as it pertains to coaching the kind of kids you've got to coach to win those big games. What are some of the things that you try and do with you with your team there at Jacksonville State? Well, first of all, you know we have to recruit kids that. Are, are, are capable, you know, we have to be able to find them. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you got to really dig deep because sometimes the, you know, the ones you want, other people want too. And so, and sometimes you don't win those battles. And so then you got to keep looking and you got to find the right ones. And we've been fortunate enough for the most part to be pretty good at finding the right ones. Uh, and then once you get them, 
You know, Terry, I coached at, uh, and I spoke, as you know, at the Alabama High School Athletic Association Clinic back in uh, 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 July. And one of the things I, I talked about was that we, we have to, as coaches now, uh, I coached boys at BC Rain from 94 to 98, and we won a state championship in 97, the 5A level in the state of Alabama, and played in two finals in 96 and 98. But the guy that I was coaching, those guys, is not the same guy I am coaching these females today. I could not be that guy. As a matter of fact, if my guys came and watched my practice, they'd look at me and say, what in the good <laughs> Lord happened to you? Um, so it doesn't mean that I, I, I don't require, you know, that, that I don't have demands and we don't have standards because we do, but we have to be careful about how we, how we communicate. Now, sometimes that guy from the nineties does make an appearance. Sometimes he comes out. Um, but, but you, you just have to be uh, careful in how you manage these personalities uh, again, you have to have standards, you have to have d- demands, but you also have to be smart in what you say and how you say it and when you say it. And uh, that's the biggest thing. You know, I coach guys for 13 years. I've coached women now for 22. And, you know, I get for people that know that I get asked all the time, well, you know, which one's better? And my answer is neither is better. Uh, in my experience, they, they, they just, you know, men, men and women are different beings. And so what motivates men doesn't necessarily motivate females and vice versa. And so you just have to figure out with your team what it is that will get, try to get lift them up to the next level, whatever that is. You got to figure that out. And, and then hopefully that can elevate your team. And obviously we do a lot of preparation basketball wise too. You know, we're a man-to-man defensive team. And uh, right now we're to the core of dribble drive offensive team. But but yet motivationally, you also got to figure out, you know, how can I keep these kids as invested in this as I am? Because that's the thing. You want players to want it as badly as you do. And and let's face it, sometimes they don't always want it as bad as you do. So then Most you got to find time. a way. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you got to find a way to, to help them elevate themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good points. Well, coach, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back in a minute and uh, continue our conversation with Coach Rick Petrie at Jacksonville State. Want to get away for the best vacation ever? Consider a group trip, whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort. Let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there. Just reach out. We'll help you. Hey, honey, will you get packed? We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. <laughs> Let's go. All right, we are back. I'm back with Coach Rick Petrie, Jacksonville State, uh, t- going into his 10th season at Jacksonville State, winning his coach in Jacksonville State women's basketball history. Uh, coach, so we talked a little bit earlier about uh, our time at USA. Tell us about a, a, a little bit, uh, I know you 13 seasons, won over 70% of your games there, highly successful. Tell me a little bit about your time there at, uh, at USA and then your transition from USA to Jacksonville. Sure. Well, you know, um, after 13 years and, you know, we'd won uh, over 200 games and, and, and had won a couple of regular season titles in the early 2000s. 
Uh, the, the boss that hired me, Joe Godfrey, retired after my ninth season and gave me a four-year contract as he left. Uh, and what tends to happen in our, not just our business, but every business in the world is, you know, new leadership comes in. I was, uh, you know, I worked on the new leadership for four years and we, um, uh, you know, we, my last three years, won 17 and 13, each of those three years, finished 500 or better in the conference, but that wasn't quite winning enough for that leadership. And so, uh, so, so they chose to make a break. When my contract was up. They chose to make a break from me. And so now, you know, I heard at a, a WBCA convention several years back, uh, Coach Jim Davis was the head coach at Clemson University women's basketball for a long time, very successful. And he made a comment, there's two kinds of coaches, those that have been fired and those that will be. And uh, so many of us who get into coaching will experience getting fired. Fortunately, not all of us. And there's some of us that will escape that ax. Um, but so that, then the question is, how do you deal with it when it happens? And so in my case, I'll be honest with you, I had some great guidance. Um, the late Patrick Harrington, who was the head coach at Northwest Florida uh, State College, uh, junior college, uh, at the time. And Patrick had had an experience on the men's uh, collegiate side, the women's collegiate side. Uh, and he had been uh, part of a staff that had been fired before. And so he would literally check on me every other day. You know, what, who have you called today? Because when you get fired, you've, you've got to be active as long as you want to stay in it. And I was 47 years old at the time, had a son uh, who was a invited walk on, played at Spring Hill College, which is a division two in Mobile, and had a son going into his senior year. So I could not retire. I still, you know, I still had you know, a lot of uh, life left and work left. And so um, at any rate, uh, uh, basically each day I would just try to make phone calls, talk to people, what jobs are available, um, you know, and, and, and communicate with people I hadn't talked in a while so that they knew, you know, because some people just don't pay attention and know that you're, you're looking. Right. So, so I, I was very aggressive. Literally, I'm saying I would take the weekends off just to kind of decompress. Um, but, uh, and I was just very blessed that the job at Jacksonville State opened on June 1. And, uh, and I'm not gonna lie, my, my, fortunately, my contract had me paid through June 30. So I wasn't feeling the pinch yet financially. Um, but uh, once we got into June, I'm not gonna lie, I was sweating a little bit. Uh, cool. You know, I, I had interviewed for two head boys high school jobs in Mobile and been offered the jobs, but I had to get recertified. I was an English teacher when I was a head boys basketball coach, but I let my certification expire. So I did get enrolled at South Alabama to get to, to try to get recertified. So I was working on that. And, uh, and then the fortune of the Jacksonville State thing opened up. And, 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 uh, and you, you've talked about in previous podcasts, uh, uh, Terry, the importance of relationships. Yeah. And, and relationships is what got me the head job at Jacksonville State. Um, the, the head football coach who had just been hired at Jacksonville State had been the defensive coordinator at South Alabama, a guy named Bill Clark, who then went on to do, be very successful at UAB. Yeah. And, and Bill had just gotten a job at JSU. Uh, I called Joe Godfrey, who was my you know, mentor, at AD, who hired me originally at South Alabama. He said, you need to call Bill. You need to get Bill to, to lobby for you. And he said, I'll call him as well. And so I called Bill. And in the meantime, the AD at, at Jacksonville State's time was a guy named Moose Kogel, who had played football in the NFL for the Raiders way back in the day and was, a, and, and of course his expertise was in football. Um, but I saw that he had, he had come from coastal Carolina and Joe Dean jr. Uh, who met, many may remember from TV uh, uh, analyst jobs, but Joe Dean was also the athletic director of Birmingham Southern when they were division one. 
So I saw, okay, they were in the same lean together. Maybe Joe knows him. So I called Joe Dean. Joe Dean said, oh, I know Moose well. He said, uh, let me call for you. And, uh, and he called Moose and he, he said, uh, and, and he told me exactly what he told Moose. He said, Moose, um, there's this guy, Rick Petrie. Uh, he's going to apply for your job. Um, you need to interview him and you need to hire him uh, because he's going to turn your program around. And so those are the things that got me in the door. And I still had to interview for it and I still had to sell myself. But I had people that were influential in that environment that helped lift me up. And so that's why the importance of cultivating the relationship you have in this business, because you never know when you're going to need somebody. And in our business, at some point for something, you're going to need somebody. And so uh, and then the other thing is you got to be willing to help other people when they need you, too. You know, that's important as well. So, so, you know, so many of us in our business have to get have to accept the fact that firing is a possibility when we get into this. And so we, we, we've got to handle that situation with grace. Don't trash anybody. Don't 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 cut your nose off despite your face and your frustration about being let go, because I didn't think I should have been let go. Right. But but keep it moving to make yourself hireable for the next job. And like I said, fortunately for me, it worked. I've now been at JSU nine years. And as you mentioned, I'm fortunate enough to be the head, the winningest uh, women's coach here. I'm still the winningest women's basketball coach in South Alabama. So I'm the winningest right. head coach at two universities. So, and I, I'm, I'm just grateful to have had the opportunity to be where I am at Jacksonville state today. Yeah. It's, it, you know, the, the relationship thing is, is, is key. Uh, and, and I'm sure it's that way in, in every profession, but, but it, it, it's, I mean, basketball is what I know, but it seems to be so much more prevalent in, in, in our jobs. I mean, for instance, this podcast, you know, we're going on, you know, we're starting our second year with the podcast. And, and once I learned how to do the Zoom uh, portion, um, I mean, literally, you know, pick up the phone. Hey, Coach Petrie, you know, uh, we got uh, Coach Larry Tidwell coming up on another episode. We got Coach Jerry Hernandez, you know, and you, you see the number of people we've had on this podcast. Those are or, or friends of mine that 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 I've made in this coaching profession. And, and it's just you're right. And those guys help you get your foot in the door. But but once you get there, like you said, once you get that interview now, now it's on you. And and obviously you went in and, and, and handled business on the interview. And now you making them all look like geniuses for uh, for, for, for making that hire because, uh, you know, you you're using your talents to I mean, your program is, is, is legit now. So that, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And, and listen, I, and I was fortunate, you know, Joe Gottfried in 2000 hired a head boys high school coach to be a division one head women's basketball coach. Uh, now, Terry, you know, today that could never happen. But uh, <laughs> back in 2000, you know, uh, uh, he had seen me be a part of success as a boys coach at different levels and as an assistant collegiate coach, because I was an assistant at Spring Hill College for four years on the men's side, which is in Mobile as well. And we'd had had success. And so, uh, and I remember the press conference, he, he told the, the media when they asked him, he said, like, had he not had the collegiate experience at Spring Hill and Birmingham Southern, he, he would not have, he couldn't have gotten this job. So just being a boys high school coach wasn't enough, but I'd been a part of enough and he stuck his neck out for me. And I ended up coaching there 13 years. And in my third year, we shared a divisional title. My fourth year, that's the year you and I were together. We won an overall Sunbelt uh, regular season title. So, and, and went to the NIT both of those seasons. So, um, so I, 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 I'm grateful for the people who stuck their neck out for me. 
Uh, and then once somebody sticks their neck out for you, you got to do the best you can to make them proud of, of the move that they made for you. And, and, and I've worked, I've worked really, really hard to try to do that. Yeah. And, and coach Godfrey's a name that people uh, that, that, that listen to our podcast here often because he's a guy I adore uh, just a, just a wonderful, wonderful man. And, and he's been, he's been in my corner, you know, the last 20 years as well. I can't tell you how often I'll get a text message from him congratulating me on a win or, you know, and, and he's, he's got St. Paul ties, you know, much like yourself. He's got some allegiance there to the rival up the street, but uh, I can't tell you how many times I get a message from him or, or, or even his son, Mark, uh, um, and Mark's been a guest on, on the podcast as well. So uh, great family there and, and, and absolutely great people to have in your corner for sure. Uh, a little bit, let's tell us a little bit, uh, coach, about the difference. Uh, did you have to take a different philosophy leaving South Alabama to go to Jacksonville State with your program or was it pretty, pretty similar? No, I, I, well, I had to take a, a difference of philosophy because of what I was inheriting. You know, at South Alabama, we, we were used to winning, uh, right. you know, and so now I had to take a program again, five and 52, those juniors had lived through. Uh, and, and so I had to take a, a different tack. Uh, still, again, had to have standards, had to have demands, uh, uh, had to have consequences, but, uh, but, but. But again, just a different psychological approach because now I'm trying, these kids are beaten up yeah. from the yeah. amount of losing they'd had. So I had to find a way to, to lift them up. And, uh, and, and then here's the other thing. I inherited a roster that wasn't built the way I would build one. I mean, right. Terry, as you know, for work for me, the entire time I was at South Alabama, we were to the core of five out motion team. We did some four round one, but we were five out motion. So we recruited to that, to those specifications or tried to. Well, at Jacksonville State, we had some we had some females who were very big and immobile, who were true posts. And in five-out motion, you need you need versatile, skilled perimeter posts. And uh, so I, I had to change my offensive uh, uh, philosophy with that group because we couldn't have done it the way I'd done it before. So, and then over the years, I've had to change and evolve in terms of based on the roster that I currently have. Okay, this roster doesn't do that. So I've had, I've, I've changed now offensively what we've done in the nine years have been here three different times. So based on, you know, what we were able to recruit. So flexibility is the, I think at this stage in, in, in this profession, I think it's always been important, but I think it's never been more important than now. You just got to be flexible to figure out and not be so set in your ways that, okay, this is the way I've always done it and I'm not bending. No, sometimes you got to find a way to bend without compromising yourself. That's the thing. Find a way to bend without compromising yourself. Uh, and again, but yet you do need to be secure about what you're coaching, because if you're insecure about what you're teaching, the players will figure that out. And then they're not going to be secure about what they're doing either. And that's your best way for you to lose their confidence, which that's the worst thing a coach can do is lose the confidence of their, of their players. Absolutely. You know, we talk about often it's not what you teach, it's what you emphasize. And 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 for for you to emphasize something in practice every day, you've got to believe it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and and if and if you if you herky jerky on, on the things you do, the kids will sense that in a, in a, in, a, in a hurry. They're, they're they're a heck of a lot smarter than than we, we give them credit for sometimes for sure. Oh, and perceptive and incredibly perceptive. And frankly, and, I, and this is another difference between males and females. Females are even more perceptive than males are. 
So, so, and that's been my experience from having coached both genders. So, um, so yeah, so perception is a big thing and, and what they, what they perceive. And, and you know, my first year at JSU, we wanted to try to change how we covered ball screens with those kids, but then I, but I just wasn't comfortable with it. So in that case, I did go back to how I did it before and, and it worked out better because, you know, I believed in it. We were able to make it work. I mean, there are some things that you can make work, but you got to be smart enough to think within your philosophy, but there's some things you got to be smart enough and, and self-aware is the current term that people are using. You got to be self-aware enough to know this is not going to work with this group. So we have to push another button. I got to find something that I can teach an adjustment that I feel good about. And, uh, and you know, because if you don't, th- then you, you're going to s- set yourself up for problems. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's let's get away from let's get away from hoops uh, for a minute here. So you and I, man, we, we New Orleans boys. Uh, you're a De La Salle boy. I'm a John Eric guy. Uh, I actually coach. I, I literally just yesterday I got a game scheduled. UMS right. We're going to John Eric. They got a brand new coach over there. Uh, I know the lady. Her husband is a mobile official, uh, Jay Johnson. And so I'm going to take my team to John Eric. First time I've been back since 1985. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but Saints. Pelicans, man, how exciting a time to be a New Orleans boy and a, and a Saints Pelican fan, huh? Oh, there's no doubt. And I mean, Terry, you know, I mean, I, I'm as passionate about the Saints as as, as you are, and and you know, everybody knows you, follows you on social media. You're super <laughs> super passionate about the Saints uh, and the Pelicans too. Look, one of the things about people who were raised in New Orleans, there is a connection to that city for those people that even when they leave, uh, when when people ask me where my home is, I still say New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, even though I've lived longer other places, just because that's where I was raised and it, it, it's in the, in the fiber of who I am. And so, uh, uh, you know, that city has flaws, like a lot of cities ha- have flaws. And, and I've, I've had to go back several times but, uh, uh, here recently, make the six hour drive from Jacksonville to New Orleans to, to uh, uh, help with my dad. But, um, but I love that place and, 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 and I love everything that's connected to it. So I love the Saints. I love the Pelicans. We'll pull for them. And I'm really excited for the Pelicans because of the roster that they've, you know, they've, it seems like David Griffin, just as a, a you know, an observer has gotten the roster right. It seems yeah. like at this point. Uh, and so, uh, so now it's just a, a matter of, can they stay healthy enough in order to be successful? And then with the Saints, I, you know, I think, again, I think they have a great roster too. And, and uh, you know, hopefully Jameis can uh, you know, listen. And we've talked about this when you've, when you've lived through over a decade of Drew Brees and his brilliance, yeah, I mean, who wants to follow that? Right. You know, so so we can't expect Jameis to be Drew Brees because he's not Drew Brees. But right. hopefully, he can have a lot of success and and uh, you know and, and lead us to the promised land and fan, as fans as well. On paper, right now, it looks like Jameis may have better weapons than Drew Brees has ever had. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> they got some pieces. There is no doubt about that. They have some pieces, and, and you know what, Terry? Yeah. And and, and a completely different subject, but with, uh, you know, with a Deshaun Watson suspension, you would hope that Alvin Kamara's suspension would not be uh, extensive, uh, not as extensive as what the Saints had with uh, back in the bounty gate uh, over extensive penalties that the Saints received with that. So, uh, yeah. So um, as a fan, I'm just talking about strictly as a Saints fan from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. One one last thing. We got about two minutes. One last thing. Another thing we share is our passion for music. 70s, 80s, the whole deal. I know you and I both are fanatics for the Molly Ringwalls. 
best concert you've been to recently? I mean, you got do you you have one upcoming that you're gonna go see? Yeah. Uh, listen, I, 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 uh, the Molly Ringwalls. I'm a groupie. My wife and I. Uh, if you don't know who they are, they're a uh, '80s tribute band that's based out of New Orleans. Um, and uh, 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 they are phenomenal. And we, my wife and I have probably seen them over two dozen times uh, since, since stumbling upon them in downtown Mobile in something like 2003. Um, and, and sometimes they make their way up this way towards Birmingham. And so we get to see them up here. I, I'm gonna tell you that the best I've seen recently, Terry, there's a group out of Atlanta called the Yacht Rock Review. Ooh. And they play uh, music from the mid seventies to the mid eighties. And they're sensational. Uh, and so I, I, I was uh, saw them in Birmingham a couple months ago uh, at Avondale, which is an outdoor venue. And uh, they're they're great. They are brilliant. Um, and uh, uh, so so those are two bands that I've seen. But yeah, I, I, because, again, like you, I'm an 80s guy. Lots of musical tributes, uh, bands that I've seen that I've really enjoyed, as well as the authentic. My wife and I went to Atlanta uh, about a month ago or two to see uh, Journey and Toto. Uh, it was nice. the first time I'd seen Toto live. Now, there's only one guy left from the original group still playing. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, it was great to see Toto in person and uh, and and Journey you know, uh, uh, as well. So, um, so yeah, so I, whenever we can, whenever the schedule allows it, uh, we get out to see live music as much as possible. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we do as well. You know that we've seen the ring walls a couple times together. That's right. Coach- That's right. Look, man, it was so good to catch up and, and visit a little bit on here. It won't be the last time we get together. Best of luck to you uh, in this upcoming season. Uh, always prayers for uh, for your dad and, and his current battle and your mom right there at his side. And, and uh, you and the family stay well, and, and, and we hope to see you guys soon. Appreciate you, Terry. Thank you so much, man. Bye, right, boss. Thank you, Coach Rick Petrie, for kicking off season two. And we're going to end this first episode a little bit different. This is a dear friend of ours, Mr. Justin Johnson. You really need to check him out. And his brand new song, Little Jake. Here's a little clip.
Jay. <laughs> 